Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Como esta usted? Excellent. Hey, thank you guys for being here. Um, for those of you who are usually here, thanks for being here again. Yeah. Anybody who's here for the first time, man, thank you. Thanks for giving us a chance. Um, this place is, um, it's come as you are. And so um, a lot of us are kind of messed up from the chest up, if you know what I mean. It's come as you are. If any of you are new or if you've ever had that thing where you felt like, you know, I don't have, I don't know how I'm supposed to dress. Uh, I don't know if, um, I don't know if I'm good enough. Uh, yeah, we aren't either. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if I know enough stuff about the Bible. Welcome. <laughs> it's come as you are. However you are. The coolest thing ever is that um, God wants us to come as you are, and he loves us so much that he's not going to leave us as we are. And so the, the plan, the goal, is to, is to change and to grow and to become the thing, the people that, that he wants us to be, that he had in mind all along. And so we're going to pray um, right before we, we do this offering. We're going to have ushers come forward. And if you want to partner with us uh, with your dollars, because um, that's the thing that helps fuel ministry, then uh, you can dump them in the basket. But let's pray. God, thank you for this place. Thank you for... Um, fellow believers, thank you, for, thank you for brothers and sisters who don't know if they believe yet, because I know that you are the hound of heaven, and you are on them, just like you were on me. It didn't matter how fast or how far I ran. You always get what you want. And so, God, we thank you for chasing us and catching us, and chasing the people that we love, and rescuing us from just lives that aren't any good. We just pray that you would do more of it, that we would see uh, the people that we love be transformed. That you would bring the people that we love into a new place, a new understanding that they are loved. And that they're is nothing that they ever had to do correctly to get your love that, that it's all about what was already done on the cross for them. Yeah. And we just give you this offering and, and we say, come Holy Spirit. We want to see you. We want to feel you. If, if anybody in this room hasn't felt you or seen you or experienced you, let today be the first day. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, hey, before we get started in the message, just a, a, a little bit. That you should have received a program when you came in that is chock full of information. Um, I have an additional announcement. I need help. I need help specifically in children's ministry. 
my wife, Allison, whom I love. She has been volunteering in children's ministry the last five weeks in a row. She has been volunteering more and more, and she's getting stuck there more and more. Daggone it, I want to see my wife in the service so I can worship together with her. And it's happening less and less and less, and she's going to keep saying, it's okay, they don't, they don't have enough people, they're going to keep... I need somebody else to help. Um, other people who do ministry stuff here, basically... A lot of the moms of young kids, they're doing all the stuff. And so uh, worship leaders, uh, Chris Reckers, his wife, Andrea, we need somebody to help so she doesn't have to be there all the time. Uh, Nathan Reed, who is on base today, his wife is helping. All the, we need somebody else to help so that she's not always up there. Do you know what I mean? Am I guilting hard enough yet? They don't have to come up with lessons. It's already done. I mean, oh my goodness. You, it, it is fun. There's, you are handed a script. We have somebody waving their hand back here. Yes, what do you, what do you need over there? I'm sorry? Oh, you want to help? Yeah! All right, now don't you flake out. You better go sign up. I know, I'm messing with you. I know you. Thank you. <laughs> convince, some, convince some other people. Okay. All right, thank you. 945. 945 is, is typically it. If you sign up out in the lobby, they'll get you information about what is required usually. Um, it's, we have so many things set up where it's, it's just a good system to get into. We just need more volunteers. So hopefully we'll get some of them. All right, let's get into it. All right? How was your week? Splendid. I like that. Nice. What we're going to talk about today um, the, the, is that we're going to try to work on calling things what we want. Call it what you want. Uh, we're going to engage with some scripture, a decent bit of it today. Um, I always would invite all of you, any of you, to bring your Bible, bring a Bible if you have one. If you don't have one, steal one from here. Really and truly, we buy them so you can do that. Uh, there are Bibles under a lot of the, the, the chairs here. Um, if you see a Bible, take a Bible. Write your name in it. Uh, that's yours now. Um, just encouraging you to bring your, your Bible so that you start to get kind of familiar with where certain things are. And I mean, maybe you'll read it. Maybe. Because the thing is, you don't get strong. You don't get strong by going to the gym and admiring the equipment, right? You don't lose weight by learning about the elliptical machine. You got to interact with that. You got to become familiar with it. Genesis chapter 35 is what we're going to jump into today. This is a story about a guy named Jacob who is naming his son Benjamin. Anybody named Benjamin in here? Any Ben? Any Ben's that you, any kids of yours, Ben? Any, all right, no Ben's. That's, that's all right. Last week, though, we talked about how names are important. 
uh, that names are important. A lot of times, I don't ask people what they're naming their babies anymore. Uh, I'm done with that. Like, a lot of people won't tell you any ways, but if, and if you are pregnant, if you know somebody, don't tell people what you're naming that baby. Man, because if they give a, they give like a wince or a, they're like, oh, oh, I know my, one of the common ones is, oh, my friend's dog is named that. Guess what? You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I have to rethink the name. Don't tell them the name. I don't like asking people their baby's names because a lot of them are awful. Uh, one of my favorite ones, I think we have this on the screen, is, uh, can we put this one up here? Yeah. So this was uh, a name of a new baby that I read about a few years ago. Do you know how to pronounce this one? Ladasha. That's Ladasha. And it just makes me sad. It's just, it's just hard. It's just hard when your name's Ladasha. Let's start with Genesis chapter 2, okay? Before we get to 35. Genesis chapter 2. It says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what the man would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock. So this is Adam, and the job that's given to Adam is he says, I'm going to line up the animals, all of them. They're going to get in a line. Your first job is to name them, whatever you want to name them. So, so the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. That of all these animals, there wasn't a suitable helper. And so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and he closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Um, when it said that there was no suitable helper to be found, that word helper in the original language is translated as life preserver. Like, someone, like somebody throwing you a rescue life preserver. That, and that's what you are, ladies. Because we need help. <laughs> A lot. When I was first getting involved with this church stuff, I didn't go to church until I was about 18 years old. Uh, I did not like the idea of it. Uh, I started dating my now wife, Allison, and she was playing Christian music in her car, and I would make fun of her all the time because it just sounded so cheesy. And it, I, I just didn't like any of it. I didn't go, I didn't experience it growing up. We did not have a Bible at our house at all. It wasn't there. My grandma was the only person I knew who ever went to church. She went to Catholic church. I went with her three different times. It was terrible. <laughs> it was excruciating. And it was because I didn't know anything about anything that was going on. I'm sure there were some beautiful things happening. I'm sure that it was an opportunity to honestly experienced Jesus in some way, but I was, I was missing it. It wasn't until I was about 18 years old that 
I started to really seek and try to, because honestly, my life was just ridiculously terrible. And I was a thief, and I was a liar, and I was just a dirtbag in multiple ways. I grew up poor, and I decided that I was going to do whatever I had to do to not ever be poor again. And so if it meant stealing from people, I was going to steal. If it meant whatever, just doing things that were shady and underhanded, I was going to figure out the scam. And the more money I got, the more awful I felt. And things just kept not working out for me. I had all kinds of money that I was taking from different things. I moved out slightly before I turned 18 years old into my own apartment and thought it was going to be freedom and it was going to be great. And it was just, man, it was just sad. And everything was just telling me that I had to change something, I had to do something. And for whatever reason, whatever reason, the Holy Spirit began speaking to my heart. And I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. All I knew was that I was feeling stuff that I'd never felt before, that I was thinking about things, that I was experiencing remorse and regret and wanting to change and be better, even though nobody else was telling me to be better. And I was experiencing the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I felt was that I had to quit my job. I was a manager at um, a, a photo store, a, a photography shop, and I was in charge of the cash register. And I could make the cash register look the way I wanted it to. And the thing that I heard and felt in my spirit was that you got to get your hand out of the cash register. You need to get a different job where you have no access to this and that it ends right when you leave there. I quit my job, and I went and I worked for a place called Wet Pets because I was way into saltwater aquariums, and I was good at it, and I knew a lot about corals and puffer fish and things like that, and so I started setting up aquariums for wealthy people and going into their houses and completely different line of work and all of a sudden I was in this place where I had no access to other people's money at all and it was this thing that happened it was a severing where it was done stealing it was done when I left and went to that new place I started getting involved in church at the vineyard in Tri-County I had no idea what I was doing. I was scared to death because I felt like I was the only one who didn't know anything. And God just kept after me. I remember at that time, right when I, when I first started coming to the church, I was still stealing money. They took an offering, and I had $1,100 in cash in my pocket, and I dropped it in the offering to try to appease my guilt. It didn't work, and I left, and I was angry. And I wanted to see if I could get a refund. But we kept going. And God kept doing different things. I was still relatively new. And one of the freakiest things that I experienced as a new believer was that uh, we went to an event where some people wanted to pray for me. 
I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Thank you. I'll see you guys later. And they're like, no, like right now. We're, we're going we're to lay hands on you. I'm like, hands where? We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And so I'm trying to think of, oh, my, okay, all right, what do I tell them that I want them to pray for? And they said, no, we, you don't have to tell us anything. We're just going to pray for you whatever we feel like God is, is wanting us to pray over you. One of the first things that was ever prayed over me was a guy named Robert. He put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, I, I feel like I sense a king's role for you. And they prayed, and he said, I don't know why, and this, this is like, this is foreign language to me. He said, I have no idea why. I don't normally get these pictures, but I see a, a huge tree that is super tall and super wide, and it is filled with leaves, and all the leaves are people, and you are this tree, and you are going to be overseeing many people. And I was like, I think you got, I think it was somebody else. I think it was, I don't, I don't do that. I don't oversee people in any way. And he just kept at it. That he's like, I don't know, that's, that's what I'm seeing. And it was this thing that was planted in my heart that didn't leave, that nobody had ever said any kind of thing like that about me, and certainly not from God. Last week we talked about how Simon was given a new name by Jesus, that he said, your name's not Simon anymore, you are Peter. Now, you are the rock on which I will build my church. That you are going to be physically imposing the way you are, you're tall, you're strong, and you're also going to be spiritually imposing. That the enemy's going to be afraid of you. Your name's not Simon anymore, your name is Peter, which means rock. Because what you call things is important. Are you a person who calls it like it is? I said that for years. I call it like it is. I just call it like it is. I'm a realist. I'm a realist. I call it like it is. I call it like I see it, right? I just call it like it is. Here's the thing about that. The world does not need any more people who call it like it is. We're covered. A lot of you, if you're in that place, you might think that maybe you're in a small group of people. I'm the one who calls it like it is. Most people call it like it is. Most people do. And one thing we don't need right now is more people who call it like it is. If you know about Jacob in the Bible, he's given the name Jacob, which means deceiver or trickster. And so right away, he's given this name, this identity that he is someone who is shady, that he's someone who's not to be trusted. God comes along and wrestles with him, and he gives him a new name. He says, you're not Jacob anymore. You are Israel. Genesis 35, it says, and so then they moved on from Bethel. While they were still some distance from Ephrath, and this is Jacob and Rachel, while they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth, and she had great difficulty. 
As she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't despair, for you have another son, Esau. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni, but his father named him Benjamin. She named her son Ben-Oni, but her father, his father named him Benjamin. And so Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond Midgal Edgar. Ben-Oni, the name that Rachel gave to this son, while she, is, she knows that she is dying during this childbirth, and she gives her, her last breath, she names this boy Ben-Oni. It means son of sorrow. Son of sorrow. Son of sorrow. Because... He took all of her strength from her. He stole it away. Ben-Oni means son of sorrow, and his dad, Jacob, comes along and he says, "Uh, no, no, I don't like that. We're going to call him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. Benjamin means son of my right hand. Jacob, who is now called Israel, is not okay just calling it like it is. Calling it like it is is this. My wife died giving birth to my new son. When this happens in our lives, a lot of times there is a resentment toward that child, even if you try to not have it, that he killed her. And he says, no, I'm not do- he's not a son of sorrow. I'm not having that identity on him from the start. He is the son of my right hand. What he does here is he decides to call it what he wants instead of calling it like it is. Romans chapter 4, it says, Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Not only that those who are of the law, but also to those who have faith of Abraham. He's the father of us all. As it's written, I've made you a father of many nations. He's the father in the sight of God in whom he believed. And it says this, this is the the line to grab onto. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. The God who gives life to the dead, I was dead I was breathing, but I was dead, and he gave life to the dead. He called into being things that were not. He called into being things like a tree with many leaves on it, things that were not. All of a sudden, something was called out. It was spoken into existence. Sometimes you name it, and all of a sudden, there it is. Name it and claim it. I like to say blab it and grab it. Jacob, instead of letting his son be Ben-Oni, the son of sorrow, he says, this is Benjamin, the son of my right hand. See, Jacob uh, knew that he had these naming rights. When he looked at that baby, uh, especially in this ancient world and in the Old Testament and even still in, you know, 
a lot of us take, take on these rules as well, but that the father has naming rights. Jacob had naming rights. Honestly, his wife Rachel didn't have the right to name him what she named him. Jacob is in charge of this. Jacob is the one who gets to sign what the birth certificate says. His father taught him how to do this. And he said, I'm going to call him Benjamin, the son of my right hand. The right hand is the hand of blessing. The left hand, which still in many, many cultures and places, this is the unclean hand. If you can deduce what I mean. The right hand is the hand of blessing. It's the hand that you put on someone's shoulder and you pray things over them and you say, I see a tree with many leaves. And the thing was, all Jacob ever wanted growing up was the blessing of his father. It's all that he ever wanted, but he had a brother, Esau, who was stronger. His father liked Esau better. Esau was a hunter. Jacob was a mama's boy. Esau would bring meat home to dad. Dad liked meat. Dad would give blessings over to Esau. Jacob, all he wanted were these blessings. And so all Jacob's life, he wants this right hand of blessing to be placed on him, and it just isn't. And so what does he do? He takes something bad, and he calls it a blessing. Now he says, I'm not going to do the stuff that my dad used to do. I'm going to do it different now. My dad hugged me all the time. He told me, that he loved me all the time. He would kiss me, dropping me off at high school against my will. I think he licked his lips specifically to make it more terrible. But he did it because his dad never hugged him and his dad never said, I love you. And he said, I'm that ends with me. That ends with me. And it, it, it sent my life in a different direction. And it has changed the life of my kids and their friends and strangers and all kinds of people because we're affectionate. And we tell people things that seem weird because why not? Because a lot of us are afraid to be awkward. We're afraid that we're gonna seem dumb. You know what's dumb? not staying crap that you should. That you see something in somebody and you say, you know what I see in you? You're a great father. You know what I see in you? Chris, you're a great father. You just say things that you see. Because those things get planted into your heart and they start to become bigger and more real, and all of a sudden you start to own them. Jacob takes this situation with his son. He's got a new baby boy, but he's got no mom. He's got no wife anymore. And he says, I'm not going to let this situation be just call it like it is. I'm going to rename this situation. And I'm going to call it a blessing. It doesn't look like a blessing, but I know it is a blessing because I'm going to call it what I want. I'm going to call it what I want. I'm calling this sucky thing a victory. My, my son Finn, when he was really little, um, he, used to, he used to be a major bummer. Um, he just, wh whatever was going on, 
um, it, it could be the greatest day we've ever had together. That we would go to King's Island and we did this and this and this, and it was just the greatest day of all. And if somebody asked him, how was the day? I heard you did, he would say, they would say, wasn't that awesome? He'd say, yeah, but we didn't get ice cream. It was always, it was always like whatever didn't have, yeah, but we didn't get ice cream. I'm like, are you for real? That's the takeaway from today? And I'm, I'm very thankful that he, he is not that anymore. But he was calling it like it is instead of calling it like I wanted him to. This is, we're, we're in ministry together. Um, some of you would call me a minister. I'm going to reflect it back. You are a minister. Um, the Bible says that we are a part of a holy priesthood together. If you've never been called a priest or a priestess, that's what you are. Sorry. And you're in charge of ministry. And doing ministry is just doing things that, that God would inspire you to do for other people to let them know that he loves them. And it doesn't mean doing it in some strange way, typically. Usually, it means you, you have to do something that's an interruption, an interruption to your regular life, an inconvenience to what you were doing. Ministry is an inconvenience. It's just really hard to, you know, usually, I mean, sometimes you can, sometimes you can plan ministry to happen, but usually it's an interruption. You run into somebody at the grocery store, and you start talking, and and you find out that they're going through hell. And so ministry needs to happen. Just maybe it's just talking to them, maybe it's listening, maybe it's asking if you can pray for them and putting a hand on their shoulder. And maybe you've never done that before and it's, it's scary as all get out. I know it is. My first time I was, <laughs> I think I was crying way more than they were. I remember I put my hand on their shoulder way too aggressively. <laughs> But you just give it a go, and ministry happens. You usually don't schedule ministry. A couple of friends and I went to uh, Rheingeist Brewery yesterday for a uh, motorcycle show. I don't know. It was a motorcycle show of some kind. It was just a cool event. There were all kinds of really neat motorcycles all over the place. Uh, a lot of my friends are into that stuff, and... Uh, I said I would go with them, and it was, it was great. It was really great. Uh, one of the things that just seemed to be so funny was um, a little, an opportunity for ministry happened, and I didn't think it was ministry at all. Uh, there was a guy who got beers, and he had too many of them, trying to carry them, and he was, he was struggling, and it was spilling. And so... I, I, we had a group of friends that were standing around talking and I, whatever, I ran over and I said, I'm going to grab that beer from you and help you walk to wherever you're going. He was like, ah, okay. <laughs> and I grabbed it and he had a long walk. It was going to be bad. And I took it over to his group of people, which they were like, who the heck is this guy? And uh, he just said, man, thanks so much. Walked back, and, and, and that's it. It's over. But then about 45 minutes later, 
like, hey, we're heading out. I just wanted to tell you, that, was just, that really meant a lot to me. That just really meant a lot to me that you came up and, like, I would not have accepted help, but you made me take it. <laughs> That's what you got to do sometimes, too. You have to, don't say, can I maybe do it? You say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, okay? And sometimes you carry the beer. Sometimes you're given an opportunity uh, to do something that wasn't started by you at all. That you're like, well, I don't want to insert myself into that thing, like, because that, well, Adam didn't create the animals, he got to name them. He just got to name them. And whatever he called them, that would be their name. You get to choose your circumstances, what they're called, whatever they are. You get to call it what you want. You get to rewrite your story. And the names of the situations that you've been through, most people call it like it is. I just call it like it is. Calling it like it is doesn't take faith. What takes faith is when you call it what you want. Some of you in here have been calling it like it is all the time, and you have been calling stuff incorrectly. God is waiting for you to open your mouth, Zachariah, Zachariah was challenged to open his mouth. He didn't talk forever. He was challenged to open his mouth and say, his name is John. I'm going to call it like I want. Fathers have naming rights in the Old Testament and in ancient cultures and in even lots of, lots of countries today, lots of places, lots of us and our families, we have naming rights. He gets to name me. He gets to name you. And so, instead of thief, instead of liar, instead of cheat, instead of scammer, instead of not good enough, instead of orphaned, instead of abandoned, instead of weak, instead of ugly, instead of fat, instead of not strong enough, instead of Always the bridesmaid, never the bride, instead of friend zone. Instead of these things, instead of these things that have been going around in your head, what you need to know is that those are labels that are not authorized. They are not authorized by God. What God did for me is he said, you're not called those things anymore. I'm calling you righteous and pure. I'm calling you strong and courageous. I'm calling you rich in spirit. I'm calling you a leader. Any other label that you have is unauthorized, and you are being challenged to call it what you want. And this isn't a message where you justify like a mess going on in your life. If you're... Um, if you're getting around too much, a little bit too much promiscuity, if you know what I mean, you're not allowed to say, oh, that's just friendliness. You can't call it that. You can't make an excuse for your mess. This is an opportunity to call those things, though, that were never from God in the first place actual things that he would call you. Other labels are unauthorized. Any of you know what Wagyu beef is? Wagyu beef is the best one. It's better than Kobe beef. It's also 
from Japan is where it starts, but Wagyu beef is the one where the cows are getting massaged every day. It's a beef where the steaks have the most incredible fat marbling through them that you've ever, you don't even understand these steaks. And these steaks have a certificate of authenticity with them because they had to come from a lineage of certain cows that were treated a certain way with a certain diet. And anything that's trying to call itself Wagyu, it's not authorized. Any other label that you have on you that you think is you, it's unauthorized. Jesus said, I see you, Simon, but I'm calling you Peter because you are the rock that I'm going to build my church on. Some of you, you need to quit calling yourself stuff that God didn't ordain. When you look in the mirror, if you ever say loser, that is not ordained by God. And some of you will know that, and you'll say, I know, but I want to stop it. That is not ordained by God, and what you're doing, you're speaking it into existence, and you're making yourself loser times two. And you're saying, that is who I am, that's what I like, and you're just inviting it more and more. Stop. That is not the name that has been given to you. Some of you are in a place where you're like, you know what, I get to that place nonstop. I, 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 woe is me, poor me, please give me pity. I'm so sad because um, why are these things happening to me? Why, why are these bad things happening? <sighs> right? In that place, in that place, in that situation, God is giving me an opportunity to call that place blessed. He's giving me an opportunity to say, yeah, we're wrestling in this place, and I'm going to bless you at the end of it. Not because, um, you're, you're, not because of anything that you did, but because I want to give you a new name, a new identity, a chance to call it what you want. You have naming rights. God's waiting for you to call things in your life according to what he said, not what you see. I know this. I know a man whose five-year-old daughter died um, of an asthma attack in his arms. And uh, <laughs> this little girl's name was Linda. And I, I just really love what they say whenever they're speaking about their daughter. Um, when, whenever they talk about Linda, they say, when Linda went to heaven, when Linda went to heaven, they don't ever say, when Linda died. They say, when Linda went to heaven, because they said they're refusing to accept that death is the end. When Linda went to heaven, when she moved on, I mean, we're looking forward to seeing her again because she still lives. And it's not denying reality, it's living according to a higher reality. It's not denying, like some of us will say, well, I'm just a realist, and I, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe. Well, you could do that. It sucks. It's not fun. Uh, it's not helpful for you. Uh, I've done every possible way of it. Or you can 
you can live according to a higher reality. The truth that is actually out there that maybe some of us have never been ready for, but it's there, and you step into it. You say, this is what has been said about me. This is what's been said about my situation. And I'm going to believe, even if I, I don't really, I don't know how to believe it, I'm just going to go for it. That's what faith is. You don't know how to believe it, but you just go for it. That's faith. And so as Rachel died, it says she named him Ben-Oni, but his father named him Benjamin. Ask God what you should name things in your life. I think that Jacob probably felt like saying, why don't you just bury me too? But instead he moved forward. And he probably didn't have any idea how he was going to move forward, but he just went for it in faith. He moved on and it says he pitched his tent beyond that place of death. That he left it. He made a pillar for his wife and he moved on. What it says in the Bible is that God turns mourning into dancing. That he turns weeping into laughing. Have you ever laughed at a funeral? I have, hilariously. With good people that I love. Where we celebrated the person who moved on to heaven. Adam didn't create those animals, but man, he got to name them. He didn't call it like it is. If he called it like it is, he'd be like, mm, beaver duck? <laughs> eh, platypus. We're going to call it a platypus. <laughs> Call it what he want. Rachel called it like it was. She called it like she saw it. Jacob chose to see it and call it what he wanted to instead. We're out of time. I had more stuff, but you guys get the picture. Yeah. Let's pray. God, thank you for um, turning mourning into dancing. Man, you, you say that you work together for good, all things. All things. All the terrible things. Everything in our life that we don't like, you take every one of those ingredients, you put it into a blender, you turn it on, and you make an amazing smoothie somehow. Because that's what you do. And so we just give you access. We don't block you anymore. We don't run defense. We open the doors up and we say, okay, come on, help me. Take these things that are no good. Take these things that, that I hate about myself. Take these things that I hate about my family. Take these things that I hate about my situation. I give them over to you, and uh, Lord, tell me what you want me to call it. And Lord, if you don't tell me what you want me to call it, I'm going to go ahead and make something up. Because you say that you trust me. Thanks for trusting us. Thanks for putting us in charge of naming it what we want. Anybody in this room who is, they feel like they are not loved, unlovable. I'm renaming you right now loved and cherished. 
for any of you who feel like your label is not wanted. I'm labeling you chased after. For any of you who feel like you're just, your soul is dirty, that you're dirty in some way. I'm renaming you clean and pure because the blood of Christ has washed you. Lord, we thank you for who you are and we thank you so much for who you say we are. We praise you. Bless us. Give us favor. Let us see your glory. We want it. We want to see your face. We want to see your fingerprints all over our lives. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey, I love you guys. Thanks for being here. I'll see you all soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.